Chapter fifty nine, part one of the history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The History of the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, volume six, by Edward Gibbon. Chapter fifty nine, The Crusades, part one in a style less grave than that of history i should perhaps compare the emperor alexius to the jackal who is said to follow the steps and to devour the leavings of the lion whatever had been his fears and toils in the passage of the first crusade they were amply recompensed by the subsequent benefits which he derived from the exploits of the franks his dexterity and vigilance secured their first conquest of nice and from this threatening station the Turks were compelled to evacuate the neighborhood of Constantinople. While the Crusaders, with blind valor, advanced into the Midland countries of Asia, the crafty Greek improved the favorable condition when the emirs of the seacoast were recalled to the standard of the Sultan. The Turks were driven from the isles of Rhodes and Chios. The cities of Ephesus and Smyrna, of Sardes, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, were restored to the empire which alexius enlarged from the hellespont to the banks of the meander and the rocky shores of pamphylia the churches resumed their splendor the towns were rebuilt and fortified and the desert country was peopled with colonies of christians who were gently removed from the more distant and dangerous frontier in these paternal cares we may forgive alexius if he forgot the deliverance of the holy sepulchre but by the latins he was stigmatized with the foul reproach of treason and desertion they had sworn fidelity and obedience to his throne but he had promised to assist their enterprise in person or at least with his troops and treasures his base retreat dissolved their obligations and the sword which had been the instrument of their victory was the pledge and title of their just independence it does not appear that the emperor attempted to revive his obsolete claims over the kingdom of jerusalem but the borders of cilicia and syria were more recent in his possession and more accessible to his arms the great army of the crusaders was annihilated or dispersed the principality of antioch was left without a head by the surprise and captivity of bohemond his ransom had oppressed him with a heavy debt and his norman followers were insufficient to repel the hostilities of the greeks and turks in this distress bohemond embraced a magnanimous resolution of leaving the defence of antioch to his kinsman the faithful tancred of arming the west against the byzantine empire and of executing the design which he inherited from the lessons and example of his father guiscard his embarkation was clandestine and if we may credit a tale of the princess anne he passed the hostile sea closely secreted in a coffin but his reception in france was dignified by the public applause and his marriage with the king's daughter his return was glorious since the bravest spirits of the age enlisted under his veteran command and he repassed the adriatic at the head of five thousand horse and forty thousand foot assembled from the most remote climates of europe the strength of durazzo the prudence of alexius the progress of famine and approach of winter 
eluded his ambitious hopes and the venal confederates were seduced from his standard a treaty of peace suspended the fears of the greeks and they were finally delivered by the death of an adversary whom neither oaths could bind nor dangers could appall nor prosperity could satiate his children succeeded to the principality of antioch but the boundaries were strictly defined the homage was clearly stipulated and the cities of tarsus and malmistra were restored to the byzantine emperors on the coast of anatolia they possessed the entire circuit from trebizond to the syrian gates the seljukian dynasty of rome was separated on all sides from the sea and their mussulman brethren the power of the sultan was shaken by the victories and even the defeats of the franks and after the loss of nice they removed their throne to cogni or iconium an obscure and inland town above three thousand miles from constantinople instead of trembling for their capital the comenian princes waged an offensive war against the turks and the first crusade prevented the fall of the declining empire in the twelfth century three great emigrations marched by land from the west for the relief of palestine the soldiers and pilgrims of lombardy france and germany were excited by the example and success of the first crusade forty-eight years after the deliverance of the holy sepulchre the emperor and the french king conrad the third and louis the seventh undertook the second crusade to support the falling fortunes of the latins a grand division of the third crusade was led by the emperor frederick barabosa who sympathized with his brothers of france and england in the common loss of jerusalem these three expeditions may be compared in their resemblance to the greatness of numbers their passage through the greek empire and the nature and event of their turkish warfare and a brief parallel may save the repetition of a tedious narrative however splendid it may seem a regular story of the crusades would exhibit the perpetual return of the same causes and effects and the frequent attempts for the defence or recovery of the holy land would appear so many faint and unsuccessful copies of the original one of the swarms that so closely trod on the footsteps of the first pilgrims the chiefs were equal in rank though unequal in fame and merit to godfrey of bouillon and his fellow adventurers at their head were displayed the banners of the dukes of burgundy bavaria and aquitaine the first a descendant of hugh capet the second a father of the brunswick line the archbishop of milan a temporal prince transported for the benefit of the turks the treasures and ornaments of his church and palace and the veteran crusaders hugh the great and stephen of chartres returned to consummate their unfinished vow the huge and disorderly bodies of their followers moved forward in two columns and if the first consisted of two hundred and sixty thousand persons the second might possibly amount to sixty thousand horse and one hundred thousand foot the armies of the second crusade might have claimed the conquest of asia the nobles of france and germany were animated by the presence of their sovereigns and both the rank and personal character of conrad and louis gave a dignity to their cause and a discipline to their force which might be vainly expected from the feudatory chiefs the cavalry of the emperor and that of the king was each composed of seventy thousand knights 
and their immediate attendance in the field and if the light-armed troops the peasant infantry the women and children the priests and monks be rigorously excluded the full amount will scarcely be satisfied with four hundred thousand souls the west from rome to britain was called into action the kings of poland and bohemia obeyed the summons of conrad and it is affirmed by the greeks and latins that in the passage of a strait or river the byzantine agents after a tale of nine hundred thousand desisted from the endless and formidable computation in the third crusade as the french and english preferred the navigation of the mediterranean the host of frederick barabosa was less numerous fifteen thousand knights and as many squires were the flower of the german chivalry sixty thousand horse and one hundred thousand foot were mustered by the emperor in the plains of hungary and after such repetitions we shall no longer be startled at the six hundred thousand pilgrims which credulity has ascribed to this last emigration such extravagant reckonings prove only the astonishment of contemporaries but their astonishment most strongly bears testimony to the existence of an enormous though indefinite multitude the greeks might applaud their superior knowledge of the arts and stratagems of war but they confessed the strength and courage of the french cavalry and the infantry of the germans and the strangers are described as an iron race of gigantic stature who darted fire from their eyes and spilt blood like water on the ground under the banners of conrad a troop of females rode in the attitude and armor of men and the chief of these amazons from her gilt spurs and buskins obtained the epithet of the golden-footed dame two the number and character of the strangers was an object of terror to the effeminate greeks and the sentiment of fear is nearly allied to that of hatred this aversion was suspended or softened by the apprehension of the turkish power and the invectives of the latins will not bias our more and candid belief that the emperor alexius dissembled their insolence eluded their hostilities counselled their rashness and opened to their ardor the road of pilgrimage and conquest but when the turks had been driven from nice and the sea-coast when the byzantine princes no longer dreaded the distant sultans of cogni they felt with purer indignation the free and frequent passage of the western barbarians who violated the majesty and endangered the safety of the empire the second and third crusades were undertaken under the reign of manuel comnenus and isaac angelus of the former the passions were always impetuous and often malevolent and the natural union of a cowardly and a mischievous temper was exemplified in the latter who without merit or mercy would punish a tyrant and occupy his throne it was secretly and perhaps tacitly resolved by the prince and people to destroy or at least to discourage the pilgrims by every species of injury and oppression and their want of prudence and discipline constantly afforded the pretense or the opportunity the western monarchs had stipulated a safe passage and fair market in the country of their christian brethren the treaty had been ratified by oaths and hostages and the poorest soldier of frederick's army was furnished with three marks of silver to defray his expenses on the road but every engagement was violated by treachery and injustice 
and the complaints of the latins are attested by the honest confession of a greek historian who has dared to prefer truth to his country instead of a hospitable reception the gates of the cities both in europe and asia were closely barred against the crusaders and the scanty pittance of food was let down in baskets from the walls experience or foresight might excuse this timid jealousy but the common duties of humanity prohibited the mixture of chalk or other poisonous ingredients in the bread and should manuel be acquitted of any foul connivance he is guilty of coining base money for the purpose of trading with the pilgrims in every step of their march they were stopped or misled the governors had private orders to fortify the passes and break down the bridges against them the stragglers were pillaged and murdered the soldiers and horses were pierced in the woods by arrows from an invisible hand the sick were burnt in their beds and the dead bodies were hung on gibbets along the highways these injuries exasperated the champions of the cross who were not endowed with evangelical patience and the byzantine princes who had provoked the unequal conflict promoted the embarkation and march of these formidable guests on the verge of the turkish frontier barbarossa spared the guilty philadelphia rewarded the hospitable laodicea and deplored the hard necessity that had stained his sword with any drops of christian blood in their intercourse with the monarchs of germany and france the pride of the greeks was exposed to an anxious trial they might boast that on the first interview the seat of louis was a low stool beside the throne of manuel but no sooner had the french king transported his army beyond the bosphorus than he refused the offer of a second conference unless his brother would meet him on equal terms either on the sea or on land with conrad and frederick the ceremonial was still nicer and more difficult like the successors of constantine they styled themselves emperors of the romans and firmly maintained the purity of their title and dignity the first of these representatives of charlemagne would only converse with manuel on horseback in the open field the second by passing the hellespont rather than the bosphorus declined the view of constantinople and its sovereign an emperor who had been crowned at rome was reduced in the greek epistles to the humble appellation of rex or prince of the alemanni and the vain and feeble angelus affected to be ignorant of the name of one of the greatest men and monarchs of the age while they viewed with hatred and suspicion the latin pilgrims the greek emperors maintained a strict though secret alliance with the turks and saracens isaac angelus complained that by his friendship for the great saladin he had incurred the enmity of the franks and a mosque was founded at constantinople for the public exercise of the religion of mahomet three the swarms that followed the first crusade were destroyed in anatolia by famine pestilence and the turkish arrows and the princes only escaped with some squadrons of horse to accomplish their lamentable pilgrimage a just opinion may be formed of their knowledge and humanity of their knowledge from the design of subduing persia and chorasan on their way to jerusalem of their humanity from the massacre of the christian people a friendly city who came out to meet them with palms and crosses in their hands 
the arms of conrad and louis were less cruel and imprudent but the event of the second crusade was still more ruinous to christendom and the greek manuel is accused by his own subjects of giving seasonable intelligence to the sultan and treacherous guides to the latin princes instead of crushing the common foe by a double attack at the same time but on different sides the germans were urged by emulation and the french were retarded by jealousy louis had scarcely passed the bosphorus when he was met by the returning emperor who had lost the greater part of his army in glorious but unsuccessful actions on the banks of the meander the contrast of the pomp of his rival hastened the retreat of conrad the desertion of his independent vassals reduced him to his hereditary troops and he borrowed some greek vessels to execute by sea the pilgrimage of palestine without studying the lessons of experience or the nature of the war the king of france advanced through the same country to a similar fate the vanguard which bore the royal banner and the oriflamme of st denis had doubled their march with rash and inconsiderate speed and the rear which the king commanded in person no longer found their companions in the evening camp in darkness and disorder they were encompassed assaulted and overwhelmed by the innumerable host of turks who in the art of war were superior to the christians of the twelfth century louis who climbed a tree in the general discomfiture was saved by his own valor and the ignorance of his adversaries and with the dawn of day he escaped alive but almost alone to the camp of the vanguard but instead of pursuing his expedition by land he was rejoiced to shelter the relics of his army in the friendly seaport of Setalia. from thence he embarked for antioch but so penurious was the supply of greek vessels that they could only afford room for his knights and nobles and the plebeian crowd of infantry was left to perish at the foot of the pamphylian hills the emperor and the king embraced and wept at jerusalem their martial trains the remnant of mighty armies were joined to the christian powers of syria and a fruitless siege of damascus was the final effort of the second crusade conrad and louis embarked for europe with the personal fame of piety and courage but the orientals had braved these potent monarchs of the franks with whose names and military forces they had been so often threatened perhaps they had still more to fear from the veteran genius of frederick i who in his youth had served in asia under his uncle conrad forty campaigns in germany and italy had taught barbarossa to command and his soldiers even the princes of the empire were accustomed under his reign to obey as soon as he lost sight of philadelphia and laodicea the last cities of the greek frontier he plunged into the salt and barren desert a land says the historian of horror and tribulation during twenty days every step of his fainting and sickly march was besieged by the innumerable hordes of turkmen's whose numbers and fury seemed after each defeat to multiply and inflame the emperor continued to struggle and to suffer and such was the measure of his calamities that when he reached the gates of iconium no more than one thousand knights were able to serve on horseback by a sudden and resolute assault he defeated the guards and stormed the capital of the sultan 
who humbly sued for pardon and peace the road was now open and frederick advanced in a career of triumph until he was unfortunately drowned in a petty torrent of cilicia the remainder of his germans was consumed by sickness and desertion and the emperor's son expired with the greatest part of his swabian vassals at the siege of acre among the latin heroes godfrey of bouillon and frederick barbarossa could alone achieve the passage of the lesser asia yet even their success was a warning and in the last and most experienced age of the crusades every nation preferred the sea to the toils and perils of an inland expedition the enthusiasm of the first crusade is a natural and simple event while hope was fresh danger untried and enterprise congenial to the spirit of the times but the obstinate perseverance of europe may indeed excite our pity and admiration that no instruction should have been drawn from constant and adverse experience that the same confidence should have repeatedly grown from the same failures that six succeeding generations should have rushed headlong down the precipice that was open before them and that men of every condition should have staked their public and private fortunes on the desperate adventure of possessing or recovering a tombstone two thousand miles from their country in a period of two centuries after the council of clermont each spring and summer produced a new emigration of pilgrim warriors for the defence of the holy land but the seven great armaments or crusades were excited by some impending or recent calamity the nations were moved by the authority of their pontiffs and the example of their kings their zeal was kindled and their reason was silenced by the voice of their holy orators and among these bernard the monk or the saint may claim the most honourable place about eight years before the first conquest of jerusalem he was born of a noble family in burgundy at the age of three-and-twenty he buried himself in the monastery of Ceteau, then in the primitive fervour of the institution at the end of two years he led forth her third colony or daughter to the valley of clairvaux in champagne and was content till the hour of his death with the humble station of abbot of his own community a philosophic age has abolished with too liberal and indiscriminate disdain the honours of these spiritual heroes the meanest among them are distinguished by some energies of the mind they were at least superior to their votaries and disciples and in the race of superstition they attained the prize for which such numbers contend in speech in writing in action bernard stood high above his rivals and contemporaries his compositions are not devoid of wit and eloquence and he seems to have preserved as much reason and humanity as may be reconciled with the character of a saint in secular life he would have shared the seventh part of a private inheritance by a vow of poverty and penance by closing his eyes against the visible world by the refusal of all ecclesiastical dignities the abbot of clairvaux became the oracle of europe and the founder of one hundred and sixty convents princes and pontiffs trembled at the freedom of his apostolical censures france england and milan consulted and obeyed his judgment in a schism of the church the debt was repaid by the gratitude of innocent the second and his successor eugenius the third 
was a friend and disciple of the holy bernard it was in the proclamation of the second crusade that he shone as a missionary and prophet of god who called the nations to the defence of his holy sepulchre at the parliament of vizelay he spoke before the king and louis the seventh with his nobles received their crosses from his hand the abbot of clairvaux then marched to the less easy conquest of the emperor conrad a phlegmatic people ignorant of his language was transported by the pathetic vehemence of his tone and gestures and his progress from constance to cologne was the triumph of eloquence and zeal bernard applauds his own success in the depopulation of europe affirms that cities and castles were emptied of their inhabitants and computes that only one man was left behind for the consolation of seven widows the blind fanatics were desirous of electing him for their general but the example of the hermit peter was before his eyes and while he assured the crusaders of the divine favor he prudently declined a military command in which failure and victory would have been almost equally disgraceful to his character yet after the calamitous event the abbot of clairvaux was loudly accused as a false prophet the author of the public and private mourning his enemies exulted his friends blushed and his apology was slow and unsatisfactory he justifies his obedience to the commands of the pope expiates on the mysterious ways of providence imputes the misfortunes of the pilgrims to their own sins and modestly insinuates that his mission had been approved by signs and wonders had the fact been certain the argument would be decisive and his faithful disciples who enumerate twenty or thirty miracles in a day appeal to the public assemblies of france and germany in which they are performed at the present hour such prodigies will not obtain credit beyond the precincts of clairvaux but in the preternatural cures of the blind the lame and the sick who were presented to the man of god it is impossible for us to ascertain the separate shares of accident of fancy of imposture and of fiction omnipotence itself cannot escape the murmurs of its discordant votaries since the same dispensation which was applauded as a deliverance in europe was deplored and perhaps arraigned as a calamity in asia after the loss of jerusalem the syrian fugitives diffused their consternation and sorrow baghdad mourned in the dust the cadi zenadine of damascus tore his beard in the caliph's presence and the whole divan shed tears at his melancholy tale but the commanders of the faithful could only weep they were themselves captives in the hands of the turks some temporal power was restored to the last age of the abbasides but their humble ambition was confined to baghdad and the adjacent province their tyrants the seljukian sultans had followed the common law of the asiatic dynasties the unceasing round of valor greatness discord degeneracy and decay their spirit and power were unequal to the defence of religion and in his distant realm of persia the christians were strangers to the name and the arms of sangiar the last hero of his race while the sultans were involved in the silken web of the harem the pious task was undertaken by their slaves the adabeks a turkish name which like the byzantine patricians 
may be translated by father of the prince Eskansar, a valiant turk had been the favorite of malik shah from whom he received the privilege of standing on the right hand of the throne but in the civil wars that ensued on the monarch's death he lost his head and the government of aleppo his domestic emirs persevered in their attachment to his son zengi who proved his first arms against the franks in the defeat of antioch thirty campaigns in the service of the caliph and sultan established his military fame and he was invested with the command of mosul as the only champion that could avenge the cause of the prophet the public hope was not disappointed after a siege of twenty-five days he stormed the city of edessa and recovered from the franks their conquests beyond the euphrates the martial tribes of kurdistan were subdued by the independent sovereign of mosul and aleppo his soldiers were taught to behold the camp as their only country they trusted to his liberality for their rewards and their absent families were protected by the vigilance of zengi at the head of these veterans his son Nuruddin gradually united the mahometan powers added the kingdom of damascus to that of aleppo and waged a long and successful war against the christians of syria he spread his ample reign from the tigris to the nile and the abbasides rewarded their faithful servant with all the titles and prerogatives of royalty the latins themselves were compelled to own the wisdom and courage and even the justice and piety of this implacable adversary in his life and government the holy warrior revived the zeal and simplicity of the first caliphs gold and silk were banished from his palace the use of wine from his dominions the public revenue was scrupulously applied to the public service and the frugal household of Nuruddin was maintained from his legitimate share of the spoil which he vested in the purchase of a private estate his favorite sultana sighed for some female object of expense alas replied the king i fear god and am no more than the treasurer of the moslems their property i cannot alienate but i still possess three shops in the city of hems these you may take and these alone can i bestow his chamber of justice was the terror of the great and the refuge of the poor some years after the sultan's death an oppressed subject called aloud in the streets of damascus o nuruddin nuruddin where art thou now arise arise to pity and protect us a tumult was apprehended and a living tyrant blushed or trembled at the name of a departed monarch end of chapter fifty nine part one